0: Hey, this is Aaron Holt. I'm the director of Lead the Generation. I'm joined today by my co-host, Gilbert Ackerman, youth pastor at Allison Park Church.
1: We just want to say thanks for joining us today for the LTG Student Leadership Podcast. We believe that leadership is all about influence, so we want to help you discover new ways to reach your friends
0: for Christ and lead your generation. If this podcast is helpful to you, it would mean the world to us if you'd write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And
1: be sure to share if you think this would benefit other students like you. Feel free to check out the show notes for
0: more ways ways to connect with our ministry and our guests. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people don't have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to WorldServeINTL.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership
1: Podcast starts right now.
0: Hey, welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast, Gil. We're excited. We got a brand new week of episodes coming up. Yeah, we
1: have a special guest this week that I am super excited to have on. His name I is Joey are. Silva from Belmont Assemblies of God in Chicago, Illinois. That's your hometown. Which is, well, technically I'm from I'm from the little brother of Chicago. I'm from Aurora, Illinois, from Chicagoland. But Joey, thank you so much for being today and coming to talk to students. Hi, man,
2: I appreciate it. I love being with you guys any chance I get. And so I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go it.
1: Good. Now, let's talk Let's talk Chicago here one more mo- moment here, because I know a lot of the students are going to be listening to this from across the nation. And if they haven't ever been to Chicago, I'm going to just be honest, they haven't had the best pizza that the world has to offer. So do us a favor. Give these students a recommendation. If they ever do get to go to Chicago, where should they get pizza from? Well,
2: two schools of thought on that. Um, Deep Dish is specialty. We only eat it when people from out of town come. Um, outside of that, we eat Tavern-style pizza, which is a thin crust, uh, square-cut pizza. And there's tons, every neighborhood has their spot. And so I go to one, Caludo's, I go to another one called Perretta's. But if you're gonna try the deep dish and you gotta do the experience, then you don't wanna go to Giordano's and Illuminati's because you can get that in Florida now, they're everywhere. Um, You wanna go to Pequod's, which is an offshoot of a place called Burt's Pizza, which is this old Jewish guy with the greatest recipe ever that never gave it up. <laughs> and so um, for, they're, they're great because they put a layer of cheese on the outer rim of these 70-year-old cast iron pans that they used to bake the pizzas in. So you get this Praise black God. crust on the back end that's salty and crispy and just knocks your socks off. Yeah, Pequod's, brother. Hit it up.
0: Okay, so I feel like we just gave a lot of free marketing away on the podcast, um, but we don't even care. And uh, and yeah, yeah. and yeah, from now on, I'm going to try to make all my connecting flights go through Chicago just so I can hang hey, out you know, with Joey and get let pizza. Let me preface this,
2: because people forget, we are so much more than pizza. You, yeah. <laughs> People forget about the Italian beef. People forget about the yes. hot dogs. Preach. Preach, Come preach, on. preach. So, and then literally, I always love you can eat anywhere in the world in this one city without having to ever leave anywhere, any culture, any background. So, so
0: students, you thought you were going to learn about leadership today. No, we're, we're going to help you with your diet. We're going to help you with, with figuring out where to get good food, though no, this is great. But this is all, all, also, Gil, why you and I love having different guests on every week. And so, Joey, we got you for three episodes this week to talk leadership to students, and um, you've been in student ministry for quite a while now, have a lot of experience to offer. Um, Um, Plus, you're just a really cool guy, so I'm excited for what you're gonna share with students today. So, let's go, jump into it. Uh, What's your first leadership thought for
2: this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I tried to come up with a cool way of saying this, but essentially, my first thought is that leadership is not monolithic. I like that word monolithic, I think I learned it this year, Uh, but essentially, what monolithic (laughs) means. is uh, it's not just cut from one block. It's not all the same thing. And I I look back in the Bible, and in 1 Samuel, God is directing the prophet Samuel to go and anoint the new king. The previous king, the first king, he is the stereotypical leader, what people would consider. He was tall. The Bible says he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was handsome. He, He looked distinguished. He looked like what you would imagine a leader to look like. And so when Samuel goes, And and God directs him to go to a man named Jesse's house to look among his sons. I think he's already have this uh, conception of what a leader is supposed to look like. And if you look at Samuel 16, verse six through seven, it says when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, right? He didn't even have to look twice. He took one look at him and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I don't think we've stopped doing that. I think we keep thinking, especially nowadays with social media, with Instagram. uh, We look at, even in church culture, celebrity leadership. We look at these really cool pastors and I, I, I feel bad it looks like a cookie-cutter thing a lot of times. A lot of what's, what's popularized, they all look the same to me. All these cool hip pastors with really expensive sneakers that I could never afford, and you know, super <laughs> whatever, clothes. It just feel like they all look the same, and I think because of that, a lot of young leaders, especially students, feel like I got to look, act, speak, dress, be that way if God is going to use me. And what I've discovered through church history, through reading the Bible, and through my own personal experience, is that number one, God never does what everybody thinks he should do. God never does things the way we think he should do them. And God loves to use the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He likes to throw you a curveball and go, oh, you think that's the guy? No, 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 that's not the guy. This is the guy. And even when you look at David later on as he's selected, which is, you know, plot twist, David is selected as the next king. Uh, the Bible says he's good looking. You know, he's, he's ruddy faced and beautiful eyes and he, he looked fine. He just didn't look like what Samuel thought a leader is supposed to look like. And so I think where that becomes a problem is one, for pastors, if you're listening, a lot of times we look for this alpha kid. We look for this, you know, attractive, athletic, like, you know, uh, really out there student and we think that's going to be my leader and sometimes wrongfully we pay more attention to that person because we think if we can win them then we'll win the whole youth group and the reality is sometimes it's just the kid that shows up every week he may be you know kind of introverted he may not look the part she may not look the part it may not be what you think but really they're going to be your best bet and so what i've discovered there was two different occasions i had one young lady We were just starting this leadership development program going, and I was looking to to bring in some new leaders to lead the group. And she had just backslid. And so she had just spent a good amount of time away from the Lord, just rededicated and asked to be a part of this leadership thing. And I thought to myself, Well, no, she's too fresh. She might backslide again. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. I want solid people that are going to be in it for all. And I remember talking to my mentor about it and his response was, well, why do you have to decide for her? Let her have the opportunity and see how it shakes out. If she fails, then she fails. But if she succeeds, then she proves you wrong. I kid you not, out of everyone who took that program, she outlasted every single one. To this day, not wow. just in leadership, a lot of them in faith. A lot of them didn't even, people that I thought, oh, that's gonna be like the next pastor. You know how many times I've looked at a student and thought, oh, he could replace me. I think that's why I've been in ministry 12 years, because yeah. they never replaced me, because that's not the one. And so often I look yeah. at them and I just assume that's gonna be the one. I think of another young lady I had. Um, when I talk about quiet, this doesn't even begin to define how quiet this girl was. Um, would whisper only to you and so you try to talk to her i'm like hey how's it going no eye contact no connection to you no conversation and to this day she speaks at a a just hey i was wondering how are you doing and to me that's like wow you're so loud like calm down um because of how far (laughs) she's come same thing not short little tiny quiet timid young lady would not look like what most people would want as a leader. But I'll tell you what she did. She became not just a leader, but one of my greatest admins. And she's quiet in person. She is fierce online. She will chew you out in an email. She will rip you up. She will take care. She was a keyboard warrior. And so for me, I just discovered that not all leaders are the same and not all leaders play the same role. Like the Bible says, we can't all be a foot and we can't all be a hand. And I think too often... We're looking for everybody to be one part of the body. And we forget that it's all different aspects and some of them have just different roles. And if you categorize leadership into one thing, one of the worst things you can do is disqualify yourself because you don't look the part and you look at yourself and say, well, I can't be a leader because I'm not a man or I'm not tall or I'm not charismatic or I'm not, you know, I don't know the Bible enough or I don't, you know, we, we keep coming up with all these excuses on why God would never use us. And again, Bible is full of that. Gideon I'm the least of the least of the least God surely you can't use me Moses or Abraham Moses I stutter God I'm not good at talking like all these people always had excuses on why God can't use them instead of just saying wow you you, you choose me you want to use me and what I've discovered I'm not for everybody so like people like that young lady who's quiet I scared the living daylights out of her because I was way too animated, way too big, way too out there. Somebody like my wife, who's quiet and and more reserved and one-on-one, she is phenomenal with students like that. And so different people reach different things. You know, it's kind of like if you go fishing, you use a different bait depending on what you're trying to catch. And so I think God has this tackle box of amazing leadership that's made up of different things for different fish because he's trying to make us all fishers of men. And if you think that You know, you got to look this one way and this one person, you're really going to rob the kingdom of God of some amazing opportunities to use you in a way that you never thought imaginable. And Mm. so, you know, for me, as far as uh, how do you do that? uh, There's just a few thoughts I had. Step into leadership opportunities, you know, get over your own head. And uh, I don't know if I can. uh, For me, my, my mantra was always, if I can, I will. And so meaning if I'm available not my abilities, you know, so it's like somebody asked me, hey, can you come in and, you know, help me run the slides? I have no idea how to run the slides, but I'll learn. Sure. You know, So I never said no to an opportunity to serve and to lead because I figured I'll learn. And sometimes I didn't sometimes like, yeah, I'm really bad at that. Don't use me in that anymore. But I never wanted people to stop asking me. And I think a lot of times we rob ourselves from being able to be leaders because we don't make ourselves available. Um, The other part for me was pray about areas that you feel disqualify you from leadership. Um, For years as a pastor, I've been very insecure because I didn't look like what other pastors look like. And I have been told on more than a number of occasions, uh, I'm a little bit heavier set if you couldn't tell from our conversation on food. And so uh, (laughs) I've been told by a number of guys, um, you're not gonna get certain speaking engagements and you're not gonna get certain platforms because of how you look. So you need to make sure that you lose weight. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm all for being healthy and that's cool and I want longevity for my family and so that's great. But if the only reason I'm going to do that is so that somebody thinks I'm good enough to preach on their platform, I don't want to preach on their platform. And a lot of times we do that. And so I think that's the perception we have. If your pastor doesn't look like this, if your leader doesn't look like this, they're not worth following. And so for me, one of the things I like to do, and I would recommend this to people, is study diverse heroes of the faith. Look back through history at the people that God actually uses and look at how crazy diverse they are. Look at people like Amy Carmichael, Oswald Chambers, Watchman Nee, Martin Luther King, David Livingston. Look at their backgrounds, look at their histories, look at where they come from, look at their past sin. I mean, look at the mosaic of leadership that God has used and then realize that you're another broken piece in that mosaic and that God will use you not because you're special, but because you're broken. And it's that brokenness that fits you in that mold, not your perfection. And so I think if we can all learn to do that, uh, we would be a more powerful entity when it comes to being the kingdom of God. And we won't miss out on some key important leadership figures simply because they thought they weren't good enough or they listened to people who said they weren't good enough. Listen, Mm -hmm. for me, a call to leadership is a call from God. So he's the only voice that I need to recognize. If he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. Whether people don't think I should or whether people don't like the way I do it, I'm just listening to God. You think about Jeremiah, his whole ministry, no one would ever listen to him. And he was told that before the ministry started Yeah, and he still said yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Gil, sometimes, you know, you and I talk a lot on a podcast and sometimes you just give. Joey over the mic and say just go bro yeah and sometimes you are not
1: going to release that podcast so I can steal all of the content and use it for my next message
0: so I'm sorry Joey we just aren't gonna be able to release this specific one anymore but no that was that was seriously that was seriously so that good that was so good students I would just tell you like go back and like listen and then pause and write it down and then listen and then pause and then write it down because because like in one like big breath Joey, you hit like every like aspect that we yeah. w- want to hit on a podcast as far as like a leadership thought a Bible verse, some stories and some practical stuff. So this is great. And we got you for two more episodes. So this, this is really good. This is exciting stuff. Leadership is not Monolithic—that's that's like a ten-cent word right there. Like I'm gonna have to start putting that in my vocabulary. On, so, really, really good, um, Joey. Thanks for being with us today. Um, two more episodes this week with you, uh, students. If you love it, then go ahead and like it, share it, rate it, review it, uh, and and uh, tag us on social media to at LGG Conference. You can find me at Aaron Holt,
1: and you can find me at Gilbo Swagins. Remember, students, you're called to lead your generation. We encourage you to lead with passion for Christ and love for others. Brothers.